Welcome. Welcome to the Money Mentors Podcast. Hi, I'm Gary Madsen, Madsen Financial Services. With me is a very unique guest and somebody that I'm going to talk about having literally my life in his hands or my heart in his hands. It's my heart surgeon, Dr. Delucia. And with us again is Jennifer Perry as well. And it's kind of unusual to have a doctor on a financial show, but it's really about a quality of life. That's what we talk about on this show is quality. You know, a lot of time we're talking about money and taxes and all that, but it's the health piece that if you don't have the health, it doesn't matter how much money you've got, you don't have a quality of life. So, Doc, thanks for coming on board, and we've been doing a little chatting before the show. And why don't you start out with, you know, I know your past and all those type of things, but really talk about what you've started and what's going on here in Western Michigan. So I'm the director of the uh, newly started open heart program at University of Michigan Health West in Wyoming. And we are part of a uh, cardiovascular network that includes St. Mary's Trinity and Muskegon Trinity Health Centers, as well as the University of Michigan in Ann Arbor. So it's actually a network uh, across all those hospitals. So how I met this fantastic man, and by the way, I've heard or read someplace that uh, around the time that you did mine, there was you've done over 10,000 of these type of situations. So I guess being the guru you are, I mean, the guy that does it. 5,000, five yeah. 5,000, okay. Yeah. It's 5,000. I'm giving you double the credit. But so. between myself and my partners, uh, my colleagues in Muskegon, that 10,000 is pretty accurate. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, there you go. So the network of people you've got there. Now, we met some of the people that were part of the team that you know worked with me and, and you and myself and and I know you put people together from all areas of Michigan from Ann Arbor from Lansing from Kalamazoo Grand Rapids you've kind of put together I'm gonna call it the elite of the elite I mean the very best and my wife knows this also my wife if you don't know has chronic AFib and we got interdicted to somebody in your team that was part of her team some time ago at this other over in Lansing, so you've really kind of cherry-picked the right people. Or is it the right people or the best people, or the both? Well, it's it's experience, and it's it's having the right people, and, and also the right administration and the right guidance you know, across the system. And the idea, once again, is that we're going to have a network that now involves Sparrow Hospital and Lansing that's part of the U of M system uh, to basically go from Ann Arbor all the way to the Lakeshore. And that'll provide a lot of access for patients that need this kind of care. Now, we were talking a little bit before because, again, if you're just joining or didn't know, I went in for back surgery. In the recovery room of back surgery, I had a heart attack. And 33 days later, you you know, you obviously perform the miracle of miracles as quadruple bypass and all the things that you do, and I'm not going to go into that as much. But really talk about, if you wouldn't mind, the health of quality of people that going through transplants, through heart surgery, all the things that geriatrics or elder adults are going to see and the quality of care of what you're trying to accomplish. Well, you know, we see a spectrum of patients, you know, through early adulthood all the way to, as you mentioned, geriatrics. And, you know, there are a variety of things people need from medical care so that they're on the proper medications for their condition. Now, first of all, is diagnosis, but then... Once, you know, a diagnosis is made, proper medications, proper, you know, nutrition, proper cardiac rehab, because that's an important part of it. Which I'm still doing. I'm yeah. getting back to that. Yes. Yeah. And that's, you know, and I tell patients that if, if we do your heart surgery, yeah, I do the technical parts of heart surgery, I get you healed up. But then 
there's the long-term treatment of taking the right medications and uh, changing the lifestyle and, and uh, cardiac rehab, which a uh, little-known fact is that people that go through cardiac rehab are more likely to be alive 10 years after their heart surgery than people that don't do it. Interesting. Yeah. That has to make you feel pretty good, though, Gary, doesn't it? I mean, you're going well, yeah. through steps and right the now. I, uh, you know, <laughs> I'm not an obese person. I didn't yeah. have all the telltale signs of high blood pressure or high cholesterol, all the things that you would have markers. Don't even have a history of family in it. So, so it's got to start someplace. So for me and my family started now. And, of course, my wife with AFib, our daughters are going like, okay, I guess we got to get checked out and those type of things and, and watch things. But, it's again, it's about not – and I got to say this is that when – I met you, and of course I was in the hospital. It was kind of a critical situation, um, but from my point of view, it was never a question of of what's going to happen. I knew that you were going to be part of the team, and I knew that this was a team that was put together for me. And I never had a question about number one, am I going to make it through it, and number two is, am I going to be okay once I'm through it? And again, this is not something for the meek, I should yeah. say. And I don't mean to make light of it. Others, for those who have gone through it, for me, the first night out of recovery was the absolute worst thing I've ever faced in my life. And I've had some things out there that I've done, different surgeries and different things I've done. But after that, it's not just the quality of care to get me out of the hospital, which was very short when you think about it. Having open heart surgery on a Monday, leaving on a Saturday, mm-hmm. attending church on Sunday. I mean, people there were going like, what? But also, like you said, the rehab, the education piece afterwards, and then the follow-up after that. And so what's really changed in the last 10 years when it comes to what you do? Yeah. I think the biggest thing is, you know, it used to be 30 years ago, no one really cared about, you know, patient experience, Mm. you know. And now we really realize that if a patient has a, you know, nobody volunteers for open heart surgery, but if you have a good experience, we use, you know, multidisciplinary or multimodality pain control so that we're just not pumping people through of narcotics. So that, you know, to even though the first night, as you mentioned, is rough, things get better fairly quickly. Mm-hmm. You know, we have different ways of closing the incisions, all those kinds of things that make a big difference. We have different ways of taking out the vein out of the leg. So, and then just the safety of heart surgery has gotten better. So, you know, every year surgery gets safer. You know, we can prove that. So through all the little steps, you know, it's not just one thing. It's all the little steps that go into it. It's, it's kind of like air travel, you know, air travel safer now than it was in the 1980s. And how important is that collaboration, Dr. Delucia, with, with the network of physicians and, and other cardiovascular experts that you have on your team, you know, not just here in West Michigan, but spread out all around the state, even all around the country. How important is that kind of collaboration, especially when you're working on a tough case? Right. Well, it's really important. And, you know, we meet as a heart team. We go over patients that might need heart surgery on on a weekly basis, but we can do it ad hoc as well. You know, and I have everybody, you know, even the, all the experts that are colleagues of mine in Ann Arbor, you know, on my phone, on speed dial, I can get a hold of them. And, you know, if we get an unusual case, believe it or not, they've had experience with things that, you know, uh, very few people see because there is such a large referral center. And so we get that advice. But even in the sort of individualized day-to-day, you know, routine cases, we make better decisions as we, when we make them collaboratively. And so that's important. We get you know, a cardiologist that may do stents opinion about, 
something. And not every patient needs or is the right person for heart surgery too. Mm -hmm. So a lot of times these decisions are made on not only what the heart issues are, but what the rest of the patient issues are, what their other medical problems are, as well as what their stage of life is. Mm -hmm. You know, because an operation that you may do, or even the way you may do it, the details and putting together the risk and benefit is different in somebody who's 55 than it is in somebody who's 85. Definitely, definitely. Yeah. So you're not just All looking at the considered. heart, you're looking at, at the entire person, really. Right, yeah. And as, as we were talking that time, it came in, and, and I always like to ask people what they do for a living. You know, when Gary and I first talked, I said, you know, it, we're going to plan this a certain way for you, and we do things in a way that's appropriate for a state, just like you may make investment advice for somebody that's different when they're in their 30s than when they're in their, you know, 70s or 80s retired on a fixed income. Right. Yeah, we call it the three stages of retirement, go-go, slow-go, and no-go. Mm -hmm. And the stage like my mom is in at age 99 years old, she's in no-go, but she's still in enough good health that she can live on her own. But she's not going up, you know, climbing mountains and those type mm -hmm. of things. So a type of care, obviously, is very different for her than it is somebody that's just entering retirement or in the prime of athletics. Mm -hmm. I mean, we're hearing so much more now of athletics out there and people I mean, LeBron James' son, yeah. who's, uh, you know, should be very fit and, and, and everything going right, came off the court with a very bad situation, and everybody's going, what's going on? So it's hydration. I mean, there's so much going yeah. on. And it also shows you the importance of public health, because if there's not a public health evaluation of needs in the community, for example, are there defibrillators there? And somebody may go, well, it's a high school. They don't need defibrillators. Well, Yeah. Interesting. They do. So, you know, it's, it's relying on the data to help make decisions to how to spend sometimes our tax dollars wisely for the right resources for people. Well, I know for myself that, you know, like I said, I had a heart attack in the hospital, in the recovery room, and it was kind of unusual because at first nobody believed me. I mean, because, you know, you have other conditions, back surgery comes out with pain mm -hmm. and those type of things. Is that pain really the back or is it the heart and those type of things? But once it was discovered, the team went into just miracle mode as far as I'm concerned. Mm -hmm. But what it, should people out there look for to see the, the signs, if you would, of, right. of a heart condition? Yeah. Well, the main you know, signs and symptoms are obviously everybody thinks about chest pressure or pressure that runs down the left arm, and, and that can certainly be it. But sometimes it could be something different. Sometimes it could be nausea with activity. Sometimes it could be symptoms of sweating after a big meal. Oh, interesting. Um, yeah, so, you know, sweating, sometimes folks will get discomfort that goes up into their neck or their jaw. That's one that we see. Not very often, but it's, it's often pretty specific for lack of blood flow to the heart and, and coronary blockages. So all those symptoms, uh, sometimes it's just fatigue. And in particular, two classes of people tend to have not typical symptoms of heart pain, which are diabetics, because the diabetes sometimes alters the sensation of pain hmm. in different ways, and then women. And of course, women often get heart disease several years later than men typically do, but mm -hmm. that doesn't necessarily mean that they can't have it at an early age. And it can masquerade, like I say, as nausea or fatigue, you know, or some shortness of breath with activity that wasn't there before. 
you know, I used to be able to walk up two flights of stairs to work, and, and now, now I'm struggling. I'm panting when I get at the top. That's a good example. Interesting. So it's those type of symptoms that we look for. Also, you said something in the network that you're part of now, and again, you can reiterate that, but it's not just about the operations that are going on here locally. It's taking people and putting them back into their home quicker and in a better light, meaning like somebody had a transplant, heart transplant, and they're going down to the big facilities, you know, the big cities, getting that done, but they have to come back to the community. Right. And then having that community connection of somebody, I'll let you finish out. Yeah, with expertise locally, you know, because as I said, we have the network, we have access to the folks in Ann Arbor, and we have experienced clinicians. And so while we may not do heart transplants at University of Michigan West in Wyoming or at St. Mary's or Muskegon, there is still some expertise on how to potentially monitor those folks and manage them and recognize when maybe something needs to be referred back out again. And so those are all very important things in having the resources of this network available to patients. Yeah, because like you said, who wants to move to Ann Arbor if you're not already residents there (laughs) to get this done and do all things? Yeah. At least not outside of football season. Yeah, yeah. Or depending upon where you're from, because we're a little bit green and white on this side versus uh, maize and blue over there. Yeah. So uh, anything else you want to share, particularly about either your area of expertise or things that you want to share with people that has misnomers out there or questions? You know, I think really the main thing is that when you have a team working with you, then both the patient and the physician can mutually help come to a conclusion of what the right course of action is. And, and we've been talking about what we make as recommendations, but obviously, like I said, what's very important is what the person is going through at their time of life, you know, their experience, and uh, what their risk tolerance is for various things and what may need to be done. You know, you mentioned even when we talked about it and you, you had, had your heart attack, it's like, oh, I'm going to need surgery right away. It's like, no, we need to slow down here. We've got some planning to do. Yeah, because, yeah. again, having just surgery, right. things that we had to do, I mean, I know there's medications I was going to mm-hmm. be administered that were going to make my blood very thin. Mm-hmm. So the surgery that I just received could not tolerate that. I could bleed out or other things like that. Mm-hmm. So that's example like we do when it comes to financials yeah. is that we have to encompass the whole picture. It's yeah. not just about income flow in retirement, which is important. Yeah. But it's what about taxation? What's going to come up in the future? Where you're going to be? Yeah. Same things when it comes to my progress of what you did. Of course, it was what's the diagnosis today? When's the best time to do that? Keeping me calm for 33 days yeah. while I was waiting yeah. for that surgery, which is yeah. kind of like you're sitting, you know, waiting for the time bomb to go off, or, but not, obviously. Yeah. And all the things that go with that. So I, I just want to say, the University of Metro West, mm-hmm. the team there, the recovery team, ICU people. I got to say, while, you know, I'm there, I'm not eating the greatest food and all that type of thing because I'm not that hungry and stuff. But as far as the team took care of me, I would wake up at 3 o'clock in the morning and I'm like, okay, I'm awake. You know, what am I going to do? And I would just do what everybody told me. Say, hey, the more you get out of bed, the more you move, the better you're going to feel, the quicker. Mm-hmm. So I'd say, I'd ring my bell, and the nurse would come in, and they says, can I go for a walk? Because you, you want to do that with somebody, obviously, mm-hmm. the requirements. 
and they would do it at any time and with a happiness. And, and so it wasn't just you. It wasn't just the people on your team. It was everybody that was part of that. And I know you're educating people there that are coming into the system because there was a couple nurses that were in different areas that were now being trained in ICU right. heart care. Yeah. So how difficult is it to do the program you're doing? Well, and that's, that's one of the things, you know, we have seen, and I, I think it's been in the news and it's no, no shock to people that through the pandemic, there have been a worsening shortage of healthcare personnel, nurses, mm -hmm. techs, et cetera. And I think one of the things that we've tried to do, not only is, you know, in terms of recruitment, that we've had good retention of folks, is that if we really make it a teamwork, really have a good place to work, where there's education, where people feel as though they're learning something and, and they're advancing and then they're able to provide better care and everybody's pushing in the same direction, I think that makes mm -hmm. a huge difference in an organization. And so that's what's been you know, the fun of this too. Sometimes you see the light, you know, go on in the patient's eyes when they're feeling better and stuff. And sometimes you see the light go on in, the, in somebody else's eyes who you showed them something that they can use to better take care of patients. Mm -hmm. and, and mm -hmm. that's a nice feeling. Yes. And I, I think it's important, you know, getting back, you asked me what patients can do or what else. Ask questions. You know, you should be able to get answers in a way you can understand them. And that's what I've always strived to do. I think everybody on our team has strived to do that because medicine could be very daunting and scary, right? Mm -hmm. Especially when you're ill, you know, you're a vulnerable state. You know, a lot of the things that we talk about are not really difficult, but if you explain them with a whole bunch of jargon, then you're going to get a lot of blank stares. And the person that you're partnering with, which is a patient, is going to be left kind of not with a pathway and not with a, you know, it's like, where are we going, right? They're blindfolded and that's not good. So I think we've really strived to, you know, help the patients, you know, make them part of the equation, answer their questions, acknowledge their fears. You know, I think that's really important for people to provide a good patient experience. And as I said, that's one of the big things that's changed in the last 30 years. It's been documented by research. It's produced better outcomes for folks. Yeah. I agree with that 100%. And that's the way we feel the same way is that we want to understand our client and what they're trying to achieve so we can get that together. And sometimes it's a different road than they think, but we get to where they want to go. Same thing in this scenario mm -hmm. is that, you know, something came up outside of a total, never planned on open heart surgery. In fact, 90 days prior to this, I was in Brazil and Argentina, dropped him by helicopter, and we were looking at waterfalls and hiking through countryside and if I would have had that same scenario may not be here today so once again thank you to you thank you to your team and we want to get you back in about a year and, and so you can talk about more of the development what's going on here in West Michigan and the health care of people and again once again Matson Financial Services we're here for you for getting you quote through retirement but understand that no matter how much money you have or how much cash flow you have if you don't have good health to enjoy it what is the worth of it? So keep that in mind. And if you want to get in touch with the team there, if they've got questions or your units out there, how would they do that? Yeah. There's uh, the Cardiovascular Network in West Michigan. That's on the internet. You could certainly look up the Heart and Vascular Center at University of Michigan Health West. That's on the internet. So they're very easy to find and access. And I got to say to everybody listening, what Dr. Lucia said is that 
If you have questions, keep asking it until you get the answers that you understand, not just an answer, but an answer you understand. That happened for my wife is that she had chronic AFib, was treated for nine years, and they finally found a hole in her heart that they actually closed, and now she's not chronic AFib anymore. She's just AFib. So keep asking the questions until you feel right, and that could be medications. It could be the right circumstances. It could be the right surgeon, depending on what's going on in your world. So once again, you're in charge. And I always call it, they say it's practicing medicine, meaning that there's always something new coming along, but also something you may have not seen before. That's kind of nice to see too. So thanks, Doc, for your time. Appreciate it very much. Jennifer, anything you want to add? Yeah. One more question, because I mean, we've had a lot of great guests on Money Mentors over the years, but no one who saves lives for a living. Dr. Delusia, what's that feeling like for you? We haven't talked much about your job. You've been very patient-centric, which I love that approach in, in what you do. But for you, standing in the operating room and and you have this the weight of the world, I would think, on your shoulders. Well, uh, the weight of Gary on the weight of Gary on your shoulders, if nothing else. But, uh, yeah. but what's that feeling like going into your job every day and knowing what a difference you've made in so many lives, not just of your patients, but their families, yeah. too? Well, one of the big things I look forward to is seeing the person the first day after surgery, yeah. in addition to a, a month later when I see them you know, back in the office. When you see somebody the, the morning after surgery, you get the look in the eye that you've kind of met each other's soul and, and they said, hey, we've gotten through this. Yeah. Right? Because there's always, you know, everybody always has that fear. You're going undergoing a big operation, right? And, and there's always a certain amount of fear. And so when I walk in the next room and say, hey, you're with us here. Yep. All right? This is the first step of the road to recovery. We're going to get through this. That, that makes a big difference for folks. And it's a joy for me, too. And then, of course, the second time is when I see them usually about a month after surergery. They're really recovering, and now they're itching to do more stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like so, Gary, yes. If anything, i got to hold them back. You I, know? I so agree you with that 100%. Yeah, you can't lift heavy weights yet because your bone's still healing a little bit. But, yeah, they're, they're feeling a lot better. And, you know, most of the people tell me, you know, that wasn't quite as bad as I feared. You know, I think, like I say, hopefully we can. Nobody volunteers for having heart surgery, but hopefully we can make it as uh, smooth for them and as, as easy and as empathetic as possible. Well, again, thank you for taking the time to join us. And again, the reason I'm bringing Dr. Delucia on is I didn't want people to understand that, you know, things go on in our life and sometimes we get derailed in retirement or in our world, but it doesn't mean to be derailed permanently. It's just something that gets us off sidetrack, as we call it, a little bump in the road as you get down farther away from it. The answers come, and you can enjoy a wonderful life. So thank you for giving me that and my family that, and my clients as well. It's interesting because people will say to me, oh, who did your surgery? And I'll tell them your name. They go, oh, he did my uncle, or he did my mom, or he did my dad. One of our workers, you did his father's. And so they're going like, he's the best ever. You got the right guy. (laughs) And so it's nice to have that reaffirmation that not only do you do great work, but people love the work you do and remember you. So congratulations on that as well as putting together a great team here in West Michigan. And thank you from me and my family. Well, thank you very much. And I really appreciate it. And the whole team told me to say hello to you. And, uh, you know, they'll, they'll call you sometime and say hi because I know they want to. Yeah. <laughs> thank you again. So uh, Laurel joins us now. Laurel, I know you, like me, are just grateful for Dr. Delusia and, and people with that kind of talent, that kind of skill who make this their area of expertise so that... Again, your dad can be back with us here on the show. We missed him all those weeks. So true. And and you said it before, you know, but that man held my dad's heart in his hands. And that kind of brings tears to my eyes. 
because that's such a big moment. Yeah. Um, and to have him here with me is just such a blessing. And um, got to gather myself here. <laughs> I know you saw me right after I came out. Mm-hmm. And uh, I wasn't looking the best, but I was sure feeling much better. Yeah. Yes. And um, they were just so awesome. And oftentimes you hear about doctors and maybe some poor bedside manner, but Dr. Delusia and his team were outstanding and made us feel very comfortable. He came in and sat down with my mom and I right after the surgery and went over everything. And um, crazy enough, uh, I don't remember when it was, maybe you do, Dad, but one of our team members here, Dan Hill, his dad also had a surgery, heart surgery, with Dr. Delusia when he was at Bronson. Yeah, 10 years ago. So this man and his cardiology team have just really reached out and have helped many families. And obviously I feel that from this standpoint, but also from the bigger picture, we deal with our clients and these crazy things that happen with them that then do impact their financial or their legacy situation. And that's why we don't take it lightly, but we want to know about all the intricacies and everything that's happening with you because we're here to help as an extension of your family. Weekly lessons from your money mentors? Yes. Hit the subscribe button now and listen every weekend on Wood Radio. The opinions expressed in this program are for general informational purposes only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual or on any specific security. To determine which investments may be appropriate for you, consult your financial advisor prior to investing. Any past performance discussed during this program is no guarantee of future results. Fee-based financial planning and investment services are offered by Matson Financial Services, LLC, an SEC-registered investment advisor. Insurance products and services offered through Lakeview Financial Group, LLC, Matson Financial Services, LLC, and Lakeview Financial Group are affiliated. To find out if Matson Financial Services is licensed in your state, please call 800-536-8907.